Hey, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Blake Benz Podcast. This is episode number 61, and we're going to be talking about the power of candor today. The power of candor. And you may not be familiar exactly what candor is, but it's something that it continues to be. Honestly, it's it's like it's become kind of like my number one thing to recommend to business owners because I increasingly will talk to business owners who they're having a problem with a, spe- a specific employee, maybe empl- two employees are having a tough time together, and yet there are no honest and open conversations happening in the workplace. Now, before we jump into this topic, I do want to give a shout out to my followers, the people who have supported me. Up to this point, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening. If you're a first-time listener to the podcast, what this is is I, I, I there, there's just such a simple way to do business, and I don't want to oversimplify business, but pretty much any problem you're having in your business has a simple solution to it. And so what happens, though, is we have all of this extra noise that comes in, and it overcomplicates things. And it makes it kind of like to the point of ridiculousness where it becomes very challenging to actually make the decisions we need to. And so I set out to to make this podcast, one, because I'm an extroverted person and I love connecting with people. But two, I wanted to boil down some very complicated concepts for leadership, business and management into a very simple to understand format where I would basically challenge business owners, hey, let's do business better. Let's let's. Let's do it simpler. Let's do this. Let's do this a better way, uh, because business is already kind of hard enough as it is. We don't need to make it any more complicated. And so, whether you're a first time listener, long time listener, if you do enjoy the podcast, I would ask you if you could leave me a review if you'd want to subscribe, and definitely if you have any feedback for me, I read every email I get. You can email me Blake at GoodAdviceCoaching.com. Let let me know what you think about the episode. And yeah, we'll go from there. So having said that, the power of candor. If you're not familiar with what candor is, candor is essentially, it is your straightforwardness or your directness with people that you work with. And actually, it's not just people you work with. It's it's also the relationships that you have. In fact, if you were to, uh, I don't know if, if as a listener, if you're married, I don't know if you're in a long-term relationship. Uh, I don't know if you've recently been dumped and so you know now you're crying listening to the podcast. Wherever you are in your love life, one of the number one things that people will tell you in terms of what you need to do to be successful in that relationship, the number one thing people will tell you is to communicate. They'll say you have to communicate. And really what people mean by that is, I mean, obviously you're going to talk to your spouse. Obviously you're going to talk to your loved one. So they don't mean just like the the act of speaking. When people say communicate, what they're talking about, it's it's like the, let's be honest with how we feel. Let's be honest with, hey, you said this or you did this and that hurt my feelings. Or here's a really good example. I asked you if you would empty the dishwasher before bed and you didn't empty the dishwasher before bed. And so before I could go to work, I had to do it myself because I didn't want it to sit in there or maybe I needed a maybe I needed a mug for my coffee and it was in the dishwasher. And you not doing it communicated to me that you didn't value 
what I had asked you to do, that you didn't care about my request. It made me feel disrespected. It made me feel valueless. It ultimately hurt my feelings. Now, this is not to say maybe, you know, I don't know what your relationship status is in terms of like the dishwasher. Maybe that's like not like an area of contempt or, you know, a, a tough spot. But take that example and apply it to really anything else in your relationship with your loved one. And there is there are things that happen that you didn't intend for it to happen. You know, maybe, you know, you didn't you didn't mean to not unload the dishwasher, but because of our inaction, because we get distracted, what have you, it causes the other person to be hurt. And I, I loved, I had Lila Smith. She is the creator of Say Things Better. She's a phenomenal person. She was on the show, uh, I guess about a few weeks ago, and she made a really great point. She said, you know, relationships don't get... They, people don't get divorced because of a skill problem. It's not because you're incapable of unloading the dishwasher. It's not because you don't load it correctly. People get divorced because of the stuff that's like beneath the surface. It's not that you didn't. It's not that you didn't load the dishwasher or unload the dishwasher. It's it's what was communicated by your inaction. And so, the same thing is absolutely true in the workplace. There are things that are constantly happening that. In a vacuum, in in the whole realm of perception, where like all the only data you have to go on is the pure, it's what happened in front of you. It's it's this is what happened, and that means something to me, and I form a perception around it, and now I'm either I either like that person more or I dislike that person more. And so let me let me actually make this even more concrete and tangible for you. Let's say that someone, you ask someone to have an answer to you via email by 10 a.m. in the morning. And maybe you've, maybe you emailed them at seven in the morning and said, Hey, I really need to make a decision. Email me back by 10 o'clock so I can do this. And you don't get the email. So the only data point you have is that person did not email me back. What some people can do. Depending on the person, if it's a low trust person, meaning someone you don't really know very well, or maybe someone who's maybe burned you in the past, your natural tendency is going to be to say things like, that person is so lazy. That person is so, they always put me in the back of their minds. Don't they know how important my job is? Or a really good example of this, I was working, uh, I was having coffee with someone yesterday and she was talking about, there's a person in the billing department or actually, let's let's scratch that example. She was telling me about a person in a call center. They're calling patients are calling in to schedule an appointment, and so a patient will call and will present themselves as having sort of like these dire circumstances. Well, the call center's that person's job is to get them an appointment with the doctor. Well, so the patient comes in to see the doctor, and it's the same day, and the doctor's schedule is now all upended, and realizes that the patient really doesn't have that serious an ailment. And really didn't need to come in that day. So what happens is the doctor or the nurse or whoever gets frustrated at the call center person thinking, well, they just let anybody come through. They don't ask the right questions. They're lazy. What do they even do? When realistically, maybe on the call center side, they're getting thousands of calls per week. And maybe even the patient knew that if they sort of embellished their ailments a bit, if they embellished how sick they were, that could get them an appointment today as opposed to three weeks from now. But see, in the absence of communication, in the absence of, you know, what does your world look like, we're left to our own perceptions. We're left to our own conclusions of, 
oh, you're just lazy. Oh, you're just, you know, I mean, it's, it's the same thing with our spouse. It's you did not do this. Therefore, you must not love me as much. You must not care about me as much. And maybe that even as you listening, that might even feel like a bit of a jump where it's like, dude, I'm not like in love with my coworkers. But, but your ability to work well with people is directly related to how, how you perceive them valuing you. I mean, the people we typically gravitate towards in our work environment are the people who we know they have our back. We know that they care about us. We know that, that they're going to help us do our job well to be successful. We don't really gravitate to the people who we don't trust, who, who uh, you know, who... <laughs> essentially don't give us the tools we need to be successful. In fact, we actually typically avoid that person. It's like I was talking to a guy, I've told the story before, but he was talking about a coworker he had who they just could not get along. And it wasn't that she was like a jerk. In his mind, she was just incompetent. She just, she just did not do her job well. And so he was like, I'm not going to talk to her. I'm not going to work with her. In fact, I'm not on speaking terms with her because I just want to avoid her. Well, the funny thing about this was I asked, well, how big is your team? And he goes, well, just six people. And I was like, wow. So a team of six and a third of them are not speaking to each other. That sounds like a company that's achieving their goals. And I said, well, how long has this been going on? He says, "Eh, you know, about two months. And I thought, wow, that's incredible. That's amazing. See, it would have been a lot easier if you could go back and say, Hey, I want to have a direct conversation about this. See, this, this is the magic of candor right here. It's, it's your company will move so much faster when people just directly tell one another what they need them to do differently. You know, it's like, I don't know why I'm so stuck on the dishwasher, by the way. I just, <laughs> this is the example in my mind. And really, my wife does not, we're not like oppressed when it comes to our dishwasher, but a small example would be, she has a way that she prefers the dishwasher to be loaded. And if I do not load it that way, then she will, uh, she will let me know that it is incorrectly loaded. You would think you could just dump it in there, but you would be wrong. And so, but rather than being annoyed or think that I'm just careless, she says, Hey, you know, actually, I, I think if it goes this way, it cleans the dishes a little bit better and it makes me happier as a person. Well, me, you know, I don't really care how it's loaded. And so, yeah, okay, sure. I'll load it that way, whatever. But see, if she doesn't tell me that, then these little things start to build up. And I know, I know this sounds a bit ridiculous because you're probably listening thinking like, it's a dishwasher. Like, who cares? Like, why is it a big deal? But we, we, we do that with the literally the smallest things, the most innocuous things have the potential to dictate some kind of message about our intrinsic value. Which is why it's so important to be direct and communicative. Here's here's another really good example of this, and here's actually why it's so hard to walk this out. Let me let me start with that first. The reason it's hard to be direct with people is that, especially like in the South, uh, as my friend Stephanie Medford likes to point out, we we you know we live in the South, and so and I don't know where you're listening from. You know, I I, I hear that Northerners are much more much quicker to be like, hey, I'm just going to tell you what's going on, but. Especially in the South, you have, you know, Southern hospitality. You have people who are very polite. And, and so what happens is someone will do something wrong. And rather than tell them, maybe you'd be kind of, you'll beat around the bush. You'll be a bit passive about it because it's very awkward. It's awkward to tell someone that they suck, that they're not doing their job well, that it's not working, 
that it's not happening. And here's, here's some even examples of when it gets extremely awkward. Imagine a coworker coming in every day who has extreme BO. Extreme BO. What does that conversation look like? Now, some of you, especially some of you who are a bit more cavalier, you're like, I'll tell them. I'll tell them. Blake, give me their number. I'll, I don't even know them. I'll call them and tell them, you know? But also what I've seen is, is even when you feel comfortable with candidness, we don't always do it with tactfulness. I remember I had a guy who he was singing. <laughs> he was singing. He was just singing around the other staff people. He just sang all the time. And his voice was terrible. And it actually wasn't, it actually wasn't terrible. I'm, I'm embellishing for the story. His, his voice was fine. But it was also kind of obnoxious because he, he wasn't like an American Idol, but he loved to sing. And so, you know, walking out this concept of candidness, but not, not tactfulness, I sat him down. And, and by the way, a really good way to approach candidness is to be short and sweet and be very direct. And so some people really like the compliment sandwich. I'm not so satisfied with it only because as soon as you start with the compliment, people get pretty anxious and apprehensive because they know what's about to come. It's like, it's like, hey, you're doing such a great job here. Oh gosh, what's he about to say? But, and then you give the feedback and it's like, but you're really great. It, 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 gets, it gets lost in translation. It gets mixed in the message. And so I prefer to be very direct and hey, this is what needs to change and this is what's happening. The deal is though, you have to pair that with tactfulness. And so I sit down with this guy and I, I say, I'm thinking in my head, I'm just going to tell them, hey, people hate you. Stop singing. <laughs> Which, again, they didn't. They didn't hate him. It was just people were just kind of like, golly, this is a little disruptive. It's a little distracting. And I probably could have just said that. I probably could have said, hey, man, I love that you like to sing. It's pretty distractive, though. It's pretty distracting. It, it actually is It's it's breaking people's focus. People have told me that. I don't want you to be like freaked out about it, but uh, I, I need you to not sing so much. Or you know, sing in your mind or sing outside or something um, only because it's not American Idol. So I, I should have said something very direct like that, or I, I don't know what, how it should have gone in hindsight. Instead, what I said was I sat him down and I said, I said, Hey, um, I noticed you like to sing. Your singing is terrible and no one likes it. And I, I think people are going to hate you if you keep doing it. And his face was just like white his throat was like, I mean, you could just tell he was like trying to swallow. Like what? Uh, I mean, it was kind of like, what, wait, what did you just say to me? Like, what, what was this meeting? And so I repeated a second time and he's like, uh, Oh, okay. Um, all right. Uh, I'll stop singing then. And then that was the meeting. That was it. And I was like, great, man. Appreciate you. See you later. And you know, in some ways it's like, yeah, good job. You had the direct conversation, but in other ways, it's like, dude, why couldn't I have been more tactful? Why couldn't I have been? Because now the relationship's awkward. Now it's uncomfortable. I told people, I told him that people hated him. And so now he's like, wow, do people really hate me? Is my, is my singing that bad? You know, there's, there's a really good expression to live by. It's eat the fish and spit out the bones. And what it means is it's take what you can and move on with, with whatever doesn't stick for you. And that, that absolutely is true for feedback. If there's something that, doesn't feel right in the sense of that's hard to swallow. Okay, take what you can from it and move on rather than being, you know, like the victim or, well, they just don't understand or what have you. 
But on the flip side of that, you can give people feedback in a way that does not crater them, that does not destroy them. I mean, your feedback can be digestible because, I mean, the whole point is for them to digest it. The whole point of it is for them to take what they can from it and actually get better and move on. And so if you don't make that digestible to them, now there is a slowness around them having to anxiously digest it and figure out you know, what sticks rather than them just immediately going to the changing of their behavior, which is what, which is what you want entirely, right? So this conversation of having direct communication with people it is so much faster than the alternative. The alternative is you're frustrated by the person. You talk about it to everyone else but that person. And that person never really has their aha moment to change. It's like, why would they ever change their behavior if you never tell them to? And sometimes it's because things just don't seem that big of a deal in our mind. Other times we just don't do a very good job of coaching people. So the things that don't seem a really big deal. I had a friend of mine. She was a client of mine. She was talking about her job was to manage the spreadsheet of customer data. And someone else was very micromanaging on that spreadsheet. Hey, you're doing it wrong. Hey, it needs to be this way. And they were all preference issues. There was nothing about like, you know, you're ruining our customers. It was like, I don't like the design of the spreadsheet. You should do it this way instead. So very much preference driven and very much this needs to change. And so my person I'm working with, she's the person I'm coaching, she's complaining to me about this person. And I say, well, have you, why don't you just tell her? Oh gosh, no, I couldn't tell her. <laughs> why couldn't you tell her? Well, it'd be awkward. It'd be weird. It's like, well, she's never going to change if you don't tell her, you know? And it's not about, in her mind, it's like, well, it's really not that big of a deal. And it's like, yeah, it's not a big deal, but it's, it's keeping you from being as productive as you can because, and also, frankly, it's hurting your relationship. You know, it may not really bother you now, but long-term, those small micro offenses really build up and create frustration and tension with people you work with. And I, I want everyone who works here to be part of a, of a high performing culture. I want everyone to really trust each other. That's why this is so important. Hey, let's talk about this. This is what I feel like. Help me understand this. The second point that I made was it, we wait for the person to have the aha moment and they, they just never will. They'll never have that point of awareness if you don't tell them. Right. And so I remember this is actually it's it's hard for me to talk about in the sense of I just really re I'm really regretful of it. Uh, and it also makes me kind of cringe in terms of, OK, I, I I coach a lot of like business in like leadership and management today, even though I was a really bad leader person in the past. So uh, this company I was part of, we had a I was managing a bunch of people. And one of the people that I was managing was she just was not good at her job. She just did not get it. She just wasn't good at it. And like dealing with, with people, it was just awkward. It just wasn't, she just wasn't good. And so I went to my boss and I was like, hey, let me tell you what Carol, which, you know, whatever her name was, let me tell you what Carol was doing today. And so I'm kind of like venting about Carol to my boss and I'm almost doing it I guess expecting validation of him to say, wow, I can't believe that. Wow, she's terrible. Wow, she is nuts. Really? But it, I remember his face had this scowl on it the whole time. And I finally finished like ranting about her. And he goes, he goes, Blake, did you tell her everything you just told me? And I was like, well, I'm, 
uh, I'm telling you, right? <laughs> no, I didn't tell her. And he's like, you, you need to tell her. How is she going to get better if you don't tell her, if you don't coach her? And I kind of, I don't know if I blew that off. I was like, yeah, I mean, that'd be kind of weird. She eventually was not asked back. I mean, she eventually was lovingly moved on to somewhere else. She didn't continue working with us. And I I think back to that story and part of me is bothered by it because her inability to succeed directly ties to my inability to be honest and straightforward with her. The reason she failed as an employee is largely because of me. Because here's, let's let's think about this. Was she teachable? Yes. Was she willing to grow? Yes. Was she so passionate about the job and the mission? Yes. I mean, that's that's all the check marks right there. Was she capable of getting better? Yes. So literally everything you would want in a dream employee was there, except for the expertise. Could she have gotten the expertise? Absolutely. I just wasn't willing to have the awkward conversation to put her in that place. And so her being let go and moving on, that's pretty much my fault. doesn't feel good to say it, but it, it pretty much is. So what this means for you is if there's someone in your office or someone you work with, and, and heck, maybe it's a personal relationship where things are not ideal, they're not where they need to be, have an honest, direct conversation with them, not with your spouse, not with someone. Hey, let me tell you what happened at work today with so-and-so. Have it with them. Have that conversation with them. And if, if you aren't comfortable doing those things, two things you can try. First of all, you can try the compliment sandwich. It is a fine first step. The second thing you can do, and this feels very formulaic, but it's a good starting step. It's called SBI. It stands for Situation Behavior Impact. I don't know where this came from originally. Uh, I got it from the Center for Creative Leadership, which is where I got my 360 certification. And uh, I don't know where they got it from. But so it stands for Situation Behavior Impact. Whenever you're giving someone feedback, start with the situation, tell them the behavior that they're doing, and tell them the impact in a way that matters to them. So situation. Uh, so let's let's say someone, like going back to my previous example, they didn't get you the email back or the answer by 10 a.m. Situation. Hey, I really needed that response by 10 a.m. this morning. Behavior. You didn't send it to me. Impact. And so I couldn't give the answer to the customer that I needed to. Can you help me understand how we can avoid this in the future? Can you help me understand what happened on your end? Can you help me understand why why was that your behavior? And so, uh, and even things like, you know, maybe you've seen someone like give a presentation and they were totally unprepared for it. Hey, the situation was you were giving a presentation. The behavior was, it seemed like you didn't really know the slides. You didn't really know your own data on the customers you were talking about. The impact, and this is why it's important. Here's really the trick behind all this. The impact isn't, hey, it made me look bad. Hey, you bothered me because that to the person sounds very selfish. The impact on their terms is I'm worried you lost credibility. I'm worried that you, in front of our peers, you looked like you didn't really know what you're doing and I want to see you go far in this company. So let's talk about how we can change that moving forward.
So that's an option. If you're comfortable with with honest conversations or you want to move a little bit past that, honestly, the best advice I can give, be brief, but be direct and be tactful. This is what you did. This is what I need to happen. And here's a way I'm going to tell you in a way that doesn't totally crush you. It's amazing to me how many companies tell me accountability is so challenging in their company. It's so hard to hold people accountable. And yet, these honest, direct conversations aren't happening. Buck up and have the honest, direct conversation. It'll make your company, and frankly, it'll it'll make your company better, but honestly, it'll make you feel freer because you're not holding on to all of this frustration because of what someone in accounting is doing or what someone in delivery or, or what have you is doing that's creating angst in your life. Hey, thanks so much for listening. As always, let me know what you thought. Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. I'd appreciate it if you'd share the podcast out to your friends and family. Really just be obnoxious about it. And as always, I appreciate you. Thanks for listening, and I will catch you later. See ya.